Welcome to Read By, where today's finest authors read what matters to them, from their homes to yours. In this episode, a bilingual reading by Juan Gabriel Vasquez of a selection from Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. To learn more from Vasquez about his choice, check out the episode description. And now, Read By, Juan Gabriel Vasquez. Hello, I'm Juan Gabriel Vasquez. My choice is one of my favorite passages in Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes, the book that we Spanish speakers think of as the place where the novel was born. Along with Shakespeare and Montaigne, Cervantes, with this book, invented the modern man. And, as I intend to prove or to suggest, he also anticipated the modern woman. In this passage, written sometime around the turn of the 17th century, a young man by the name Grisostomo has killed himself after being rejected by the beautiful shepherdess Marcela. His friends, who blame Marcela for his suicide, are out to bury him when she suddenly appears. One of the friends asks her if she has come to see if with her presence blood spurts from the wounds of the dead man or to gloat over the cruelties of her nature, or to tread on this unfortunate corpse. The following is her answer, which I will read first in Edith Grossman's great translation, and then in the Spanish original. I do not come, O Ambrosio, for any of the causes you have mentioned, but I return here on my own behalf to explain how unreasonable are those who in their grief blame me for the death of Grisostomo. And so I beg all those present to hear me, for there will be no need to spend much time or waste many words to persuade discerning men of the truth. Heaven made me, as all of you say, so beautiful that you cannot resist my beauty and are compelled to love me. And because of the love you show me, you claim that I am obliged to love you in return. I know with the natural understanding that God has given me that everything beautiful is lovable. But I cannot grasp why simply because it is loved, the thing loved for its beauty is obliged to love the one who loves it. Further, the lover of the beautiful thing might be ugly, and since ugliness is worthy of being avoided, it is absurd for anyone to say, I love you because you are beautiful, you must love me even though I am ugly. But in the event the two are equally beautiful, it does not mean that their desires are necessarily equal, for not all beauties fall in love. Some are a pleasure to the eye, but do not surrender their will, because if all beauties loved and surrendered, there would be a world of confused and misled wills not knowing where they should stop. For since beautiful subjects are infinite, desires would have to be infinite too. According to what I have heard, true love is not divided and must be voluntary, not forced. If this is true as I believe it is, why do you want to force me to surrender my will, obliged to do so simply because you say you love me? But if this is not true, then tell me, if the heaven that made me beautiful had made me ugly instead, would it be fair for me to complain that none of you loved me? Moreover, you must consider that I did not choose the beauty I have, and such as it is, heaven gave it to me freely, without my requesting or choosing it. 
And just as the viper does not deserve to be blamed for its venom, although it kills, since it was given the venom by nature, I do not deserve to be reproved for being beautiful, for beauty in the chaste woman is like a distant fire or sharp-edged sword. They do not burn or cut the person who does not approach them. Honor and virtue are adornments of the soul, without which the body is not truly beautiful, even if it seems to be so. And if chastity is one of the virtues that most adorn and beautify both body and soul, why should a woman, loved for being beautiful, lose that virtue in order to satisfy the desire of a man, who, for the sake of his pleasure, attempts with all his might and main to have her lose it? I was born free. And in order to live free, I chose the solitude of the countryside. The trees of these mountains are my companions, the clear waters of these streams my mirrors. I communicate my thoughts and my beauty to the trees and to the waters. I am a distant fire and a far-off sword. Those whose eyes forced them to fall in love with me I have discouraged with my words. If desires feed on hopes, and since I have given no hope to Grisostomo or to any other man regarding those desires, it is correct to say that his obstinacy, not my cruelty, is what killed him. And if you claim that his thoughts were virtuous, and for this reason I was obliged to respond to them, I say that when he revealed to me the virtue of his desire, on the very spot where his grave is now being dug, I told him that mine was to live perpetually alone and have only the earth enjoy the fruit of my seclusion and the spoils of my beauty. And if he, despite that discouragement, wished to persist against all hope and sail into the wind, why be surprised if he drowned in the middle of the gulf of his folly? If I had kept him by me, I would have been false. If I had gratified him, I would have gone against my own best intentions and purposes. He persisted, though I discouraged him. He despaired, though I did not despise him. Tell me now if it is reasonable to blame me for his grief. Let the one I deceived complain. Let the man despair to whom I did not grant a hope I had promised, or speak if I called to him, or boast if I accepted him. But no man can call me cruel, or a murderer, if I do not promise, deceive, call to, or accept him. Until now heaven has not ordained that I love, and to think that I shall love on my own accord is to think the impossible. Let this general discouragement serve for each of those who solicit me for his own advantage. Let it be understood from this day forth that if anyone dies because of me, he does not die of jealousy or misfortune, because she who loves no one cannot make anyone jealous, and discouragement should not be taken for disdain. Let him who calls me savage basilisk avoid me as he would something harmful and evil, Let him who calls me ungrateful not serve me, unapproachable not approach me, cruel not follow me. 
Let him not seek out, serve, approach, or follow in any way this savage, ungrateful, cruel, unapproachable basilisk. For if his impatience and rash desire killed Grisostomo, why should my virtuous behavior and reserve be blamed? If I preserve my purity in the company of trees, why should a man want me to lose it if he wants me to keep it in the company of men? As you know, I have wealth of my own and do not desire anyone else's. I am free and do not care to submit to another. I do not love or despise anyone. I do not deceive this one or solicit that one. I do not mock one or amuse myself with another. The honest conversation of the shepherdesses from these hamlets and tending to my goats are my entertainment. The limits of my desires are these mountains, and if they go beyond here, it is to contemplate the beauty of heaven and the steps whereby the soul travels to its first home. Now the text in the original Spanish. No vengo, oh Ambrosio, a ninguna cosa de las que has dicho, sino a volver por mí misma y a dar a entender cuán fuera de razón van todos aquellos que de sus penas y de la muerte de Grisóstomo me culpan. Y así, ruego a todos los que aquí estáis, me estéis atentos, que no será menester mucho tiempo ni gastar muchas palabras para persuadir una verdad a los discretos. Hízome el cielo, según vosotros decís, hermosa, y de tal manera que sin ser poderosos a otra cosa, a que me améis os mueve mi hermosura. Y por el amor que me mostráis, decís y aun queréis que esté yo obligada a amaros. Yo conozco con el natural entendimiento que Dios me ha dado que todo lo hermoso es amable, mas no alcanzo que por razón de ser amado esté obligado lo que es amado por hermoso a amar a quien le ama. Y más, que podría acontecer que el amador de lo hermoso fuese feo y siendo lo feo digno de ser aborrecido, cae muy mal el decir Quiérote por hermosa, hazme de amar aunque sea feo. Pero, puesto caso que corran igualmente las hermosuras, no por eso han de correr iguales los deseos, que no todas las hermosuras enamoran, que algunas alegran la vista y no rinden la voluntad, que si todas las bellezas se enamorasen y rindiesen, sería un andar las voluntades confusas y descaminadas, sin saber en cuál habían de parar, porque, siendo infinitos los sujetos hermosos, infinitos habían de ser los deseos. Y, según yo he oído decir, el verdadero amor no se divide y ha de ser voluntario y no forzoso. Siendo esto así, como yo creo que lo es, ¿por qué queréis que rinda mi voluntad por fuerza, obligada no más de que decís que me queréis bien? Si no, decidme, si como el cielo me hizo hermosa, me hiciera fea, ¿Fuera justo que me quejara de vosotros porque no me amabades? Cuanto más que habéis de considerar que yo no escogí la hermosura que tengo, que tal cual es el cielo me la dio de gracia sin yo pedilla ni escogella. Y así como la víbora no merece ser culpada por la ponzoña que tiene, puesto que con ella mata, por habérsela dado naturaleza, tampoco yo merezco ser reprendida por ser hermosa que la hermosura en la mujer honesta es como el fuego apartado o como la espada aguda, que ni él quema ni ella corta, a quien a ellos no se acerca. La honra y las virtudes son adornos del alma, sin las cuales el cuerpo, aunque lo sea, no debe de parecer hermoso. 
Pues si la honestidad es una de las virtudes que al cuerpo y al alma más adornan y hermosean, ¿por qué la ha de perder la que es amada por hermosa, por corresponder a la intención de aquel que solo por su gusto, con todas sus fuerzas e industrias, procura que la pierda? Yo nací libre. Y para poder vivir libre escogí la soledad de los campos. Los árboles de estas montañas son mi compañía, las claras aguas de estos arroyos mis espejos. Con los árboles y con las aguas comunico mis pensamientos y hermosura. Fuego soy apartado y espada puesta lejos. A los que he enamorado con la vista, he desengañado con las palabras. Y si los deseos se sustentan con esperanzas, no habiendo yo dado alguna a Grisóstomo ni a otro alguno el fin de ninguno de ellos, bien se puede decir que antes le mató su porfía que mi crueldad. Y si se me hace cargo que eran honestos sus pensamientos y que por esto estaba obligada a corresponder a ellos, digo que cuando en ese mismo lugar, donde ahora se cava su sepultura, me descubrió la bondad de su intención, le dije yo que la mía era vivir en perpetua soledad y de que sola la tierra gozase el fruto de mi recogimiento y los despojos de mi hermosura. Y si él, con todo este desengaño, quiso porfiar contra la esperanza y navegar contra el viento, qué mucho que se anegase en la mitad del golfo su desatino. Si yo le entretuviera, fuera falsa. Si le contentara, hiciera contra mi mejor intención y presupuesto. Porfió, desengañado, desesperó sin ser aborrecido. Mirad ahora si será razón que de su pena se me dé a mí la culpa. Quéjese el engañado, desespérese aquel a quien le faltaron las prometidas esperanzas, confíese el que yo llamare, ufánese el que yo admitiere, pero no me llame cruel ni homicida, aquel a quien yo no prometo, engaño, llamo ni admito. El cielo aún hasta ahora no ha querido que yo ame por destino, y el pensar que tengo de amar por elección es excusado. Este general desengaño sirva a cada uno de los que me solicitan de su particular provecho. Y entiéndase de aquí adelante que si alguno por mí muriere, no muere de celoso ni desdichado, porque quien a nadie quiere, a ninguno debe dar celos, que los desengaños no sean de tomar en cuenta de desdenes. El que me llama fiera y basilisco, déjeme como cosa perjudicial y mala. El que me llama ingrata, no me sirva. El que, desconocida, no me conozca. Quien cruel, no me siga. Que esta fiera, este basilisco, esta ingrata, esta cruel y esta desconocida, ni los buscará, servirá, conocerá, ni seguirá de ninguna manera. Que si Agrisóstomo mató su impaciencia y arrojado deseo, ¿por qué se ha de culpar mi honesto proceder y recato? Si yo conservo mi limpieza con la compañía de los árboles, ¿por qué ha de querer que la pierda el que quiere que la tenga con los hombres? Yo, como sabéis, tengo riquezas propias y no codicio las ajenas. Tengo libre condición y no gusto de sujetarme. Ni quiero ni aborrezco a nadie, no engaño a este ni solicito a aquel, ni burlo con uno ni me entretengo con el otro. La conversación honesta de las zagalas de estas aldeas y el cuidado de mis cabras me entretiene. Tienen mis deseos por término estas montañas, y si de aquí salen, es a contemplar la hermosura del cielo, pasos con que camina el alma a su morada primera. Thank you very much.
Y's Read By is produced and commissioned by New York's 92Y Unterberg Poetry Center, a home for live readings and literature for over 80 years. To invite more authors into your home, subscribe to 92Y's Read By wherever you download podcasts. If you're able, please visit 92Y.org slash help now to donate to support 92Y and our new digital programming. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Find more great recordings at 92y.org slash redby.